Hello everybody and welcome to another fun-filled nonsense retrospective. I'm your host as always, Rick, and joining me equally as always is Devon. Hi, diddly ho, space serenos. I'll take it. <laughs> Listen, Today I couldn't talking... think of anything funny. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're talking something space, one fire day in a galaxy far, far away and all that. But before we get into that, we're getting to our standard opening segment of the nonsense asinine hypothetical. <laughs> uh, do you have one for me today? I do. It's kind of a weird one and not really related to what we're talking about, but I decided to tweak it so it's a bit Star Wars related at least. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alrighty, you get to pick any of the Hololive girls, any of them, from any gen, okay. any whatever, and let's just say for argument's sake, it doesn't matter if they only speak Japanese, let's say for the argument of this, you've got like a universal translator, so communication's not an issue. Okay, so you've got Kiara Brain. Sure, yeah, yeah, she is fucking <laughs> a wizard when it comes to languages, no jokes. And and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you need to pick any Hololive girl, and they're going to basically be your Chewbacca as you explore the Star Wars universe. Which Hololive girl do you pick? I think I'd do Callie, because I think she'd have a lot of fun just being Chewy. <laughs> okay, she wouldn't literally be Chewy. Like, you, you gotta. Uh, her skill set is probably quite useful. I don't think she can be killed. Like, uh, she'd be the kind of one when, if she can't think of anything to, to say, she probably would just go, my dude. <laughs> I could imagine Callie running with that gag hard. <laughs> if you told her, listen, I'm recruiting you, you are my Chewbacca, she would probably only question it for a minute before starting to devolve into Wookiee noises. Yep, yep. Either that or she'd say, or she'd say something like, why can't I be Shrek? <laughs> If you want to paint yourself green instead of super gluing hair to yourself, go for it, Callie. Yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't be interested in having, like, Marine, who would who would absolutely fuck every single sentient creature in the world, universe, galaxy, whatever. Yeah, yeah, just introducing threesomes to everything. I'm, it's one of those, like, <laughs> for something that's watchable, I think Callie's the one. Yeah, I think Marine is actually one of the better horny ones. Um, if you want to be extorted, then there's always Coco. She's She's got the, the, the Yakuza uh, at her back. Yeah, fuck. She's probably... Fuck Fuck Boba Fett, you end up running Moss Esper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Moss Esper, just go straight on Coruscant. There you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I feel like Coruscant, you get less territory and less money and are more likely to get stabbed for your position. Yeah, however, Yakuza. <laughs> Okay. So you yeah. take you take um you take uh, Coco and not Kason. I know Kason's not technically Hololive, but uh, it's it's one of those like the reason that I enjoyed Coco more than Kason is because of the other interactions that she had. Like there are more interactions with other Hololive girls that Case that uh, that Coco was able to do. Uh, whereas as Kason, yeah, she's got the rest of the ocean to swim in. But like it's cool to see her her interact with some of the V Shoujo people now and again, some of the independents now and again. Uh, people like Pikami, who she's got fantastic um, chemistry with, but that's not the that's not like one entire massive company that she's been in since not day one, but like day one hundred. That was more hollow live talk than I was expecting. Yeah, apologies. <laughs> So but for yeah, the viewers uh, who haven't run away, do you have a question for me, Rick? Yeah, my one for you is you get a pet. It it's either a an earth animal, just any earth animal that you that you can that you can think of, or you can shrink it down to chihuahua size if you want to make it manageable and small. Or if you can think of a Star Wars animal that you want to apply the same logic to, then go for that as well. I don't fully understand the question. Could you run that by me again in less words? Uh, pick a pet. <laughs> pick a pet. Pick a pet from the pick a pet from the wild or from fiction. Because. Uh, because because saying pick a pet from a wild doesn't really work because I have a pet from the wild and I love it. Well, you, yeah, you know what I mean? That's why I, <laughs> That's why the question was kind of like, wow, this is a lot of words for pick a pet. Yeah, yeah. I picked my Jack Russell Valentine because she is adorable and precious. If I have to pick a made-up animal from the Star Wars universe, I'd probably pick a Tauntaun. Sure, sure. Or, so assuming that it's entirely loyal to me, maybe a Wampa. Wampa's a pretty good one, man. Yeah, if, again, if it's loyal. <laughs> if, if, if I can guarantee loyalty, Wampa, because they'd be fun to cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> or you get a fucking yeah. little tiny one reduced to Chihuahua size, and it's just like the fucking baby trolls from Skyrim. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> man, I'm pretty sure I've actually got a... Uh... Um, a tiny Tauntaun in the Old Republic game. It's cute. <laughs> if I if I was you around. if I wanted a Tauntaun, I'd I'd want a real size one because like that's like a horse that won't kick you in the head and kill you for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a fuzzy Velociraptor. I mean, Velo Velociraptors are kind of fuzzy from a certain point of view if you count the feathers because that's what they look like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jurassic Park spread a lot of propaganda. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it was also when um, when nobody knew whether or not they had feathers back in the like early 90s that they put the scaly version out because all people could contextualise things as well as Big Lizard. Well, it's actually a really interesting thing, and I'm sorry I'm going to sidetrack the podcast a little bit, but um, one of the questions that would always, always, always come up when we learnt about dinosaurs in, eh, I'd say like primary school, maybe a bit mm-hmm, beforehand, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was always like, how do we know they look like that? And the teacher, to their credit, said, well, we know they look like that because we found their bones and we reassembled the skeleton so we know they look like this shape it's like okay 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 even as children the first question was why do we know they look like that why except we didn't think stuff like adding feathers or maybe even fur god forbid um yeah yeah sorry sorry uh turn of phrase i found funny um but um (laughs) uh but rather our minds were like how do we know it looks like this and not isn't bright numilescent pink because that would be prettier and cooler and little did we know that uh well we actually got a decent answer back then the answer was straight up basically scientists are guessing yeah yeah like how do we know if they look like that we don't and we're doing the best we can yeah, yeah like yeah. We're, we're building up a minimal amount of muscle to be efficient and then stretching um the mind's eye of skin over the top of it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i mean shit like uh, is... like how ancient greeks it's very believable why they thought cyclopses were giant creatures with a single eye because what happened was they probably found elephant skulls yeah totally absolutely like they've got a big thing in the middle where the trunk goes in yeah. <laughs> and similarly like any normal animal has a weird skeleton really like, i i want to point to we had this discussion the other day or granted it's for an episode that probably won't come out for a long long time so i won't go into detail but we did have a discussion of look at a pug skeleton and if you try yeah. to recreate what that looks like based on a skeleton you'll get some weird alien creature yeah or even just a cat like yeah, it's just true. yeah yeah just dodgy stuff like you'd never know that something with that long of a, of a spine would be so compressed <laughs> all the time because they keep this spine like <laughs> mm, and uh, and another thing as well that people really easily forget um, when you have remains and fossils and stuff it's only the skeletal structure that you can really get a good image of which means anything that's cartilage or flesh won't remain really unless mm-hmm. it's well preserved mm-hmm. in like amber or some shit but that tends to only be insects and maybe a small lizard on occasion and so that means like if you try to reconstruct a human face and all you saw was a skeleton you don't know there's a nose here you don't know there's ears or eyes go in the holes yeah like, other than the fact that you think it's human and you think that there's meant to be something like that there. Like, assume it's an alien that's never seen a human before and only finds skeletons. They, oh, would, yeah, they totally. would probably come um, up with something weird. They might put the fucking head on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that actually happened once in um, in paleontology where someone found a thumb, thought, "Oh, uh, where's this go on the foot? Oh, let's put it on the nose." <laughs> I don't. To... I'd want to see sources from that. That don't sound right. That sounds like someone having a laugh. Um, let's not, not get into quite, it now. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But yeah, today we are talking about the Mandalorian, and specifically, we're talking about season one. So while we're not going to be talking in great length about season two or Book of Boba Fett, there might be some things that we call forward to slightly. Uh, that being said. I think it's very safe to say that we both hold this opinion, Rick. The Mandalorian single-handedly saved live-action Star Wars. Uh, not only that, it single-handedly saved Disney+, Plus because before that it was just basically a bunch of DVDs. I don't think that's quite... I don't think we can give it that much credit, because... Yeah, they were ramping up rather than flagging. Like, yeah. It was very early days of Disney+. Plus. And I actually want to uh, talk about this for a little bit, because... Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. You're as British as I am, Rick. Mm-hmm. How fucking pissed did you get when... When Disney Plus finally released in the UK. Mandalorian was done and dusted by the time we got Disney Plus. It's like, finally, we're gonna watch The Mandalorian. What the fuck? Why is there only two episodes? Yep. <laughs> we, we, we know why. Late. We, we know why. Yeah. We, they didn't want people to get their free month subscription, watch The Mandalorian, and then piss off. However, if you're like me and Rick, what you do is, I've paid for Disney Plus, I want to watch the thing, I'm watching the thing. Yeah, totally. If I was doing the free month, I would definitely wait until it was over. Or, like, the last the last two weeks of a show watch the watch the majority of the show in the first week and then like when the last episode comes out watch the last couple of episodes in one go because they're probably going to be a two-parter and they kind of weren't uh, oh well they, like, they were they were no never mind i'm dumb ignore me yeah in, in this one they definitely were <laughs> yeah it's very easy to get a lot of mandalorian episodes sort of blur together in my mind a little bit so yeah. uh it's on, one sorry. of these the um season one had quite a bit less filler than what it felt like season two had i have an explanation for this is it because of the separate uh, the separate directors? No, it's it's actually a bit more annoying than that. Filoni didn't sure. want to Filoni didn't want to do eight episodes for season two, but he got told sure. by Disney Plus man, well Disney management, I should say, uh, we need eight episodes. So it's like, well, I have I have five. Yeah. So here we go. <laughs> 
taxi episode go <laughs> which i'll be honest with you i enjoyed the filler episodes it's just a shame yeah. they were filler yeah good filler is good filler but it's still filler mm. but it's still good like the downside was that it kind of cut into the the suspension of disbelief that yes this is meant to be um kind of on a timer people are trying to do things as quickly as they can and yet you're stopping off to do filler yeah well um, like, like i said with the explanation given i'm i'm willing to hand wave it it's fine and yeah it was good i just closed my eyes for no reason <laughs> i was just talking while doing this and i don't know why <laughs> sorry i got distracted it's, it's okay it's okay you're a kitsune or something ah no tamamono may has taken over my body and she will rule the world why would she choose this as a vessel <laughs> but uh yeah, like, I, uh, I'm one of these weirdos. I don't mind filler as... I'm doing it again. Um, I don't mind filler as long as it's short and yeah. it's good filler. One of the reasons why I realised I didn't fucking like Bleach is 95% of it is filler. Yeah, entire filler arcs are usually bad. The one exception I'll say is um, the Full Metal Alchemist original series, as in the original anime. Yeah, the one that they... came out before they finished the manga. Yeah, 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 yeah. That had some really interesting filler arcs and the characters that they introduced in those were actually quite endearing and then they cropped up towards the end of the season when they had to rely on their own uh, gecko ending anyway yeah well so, I, I can't really touch on it i've only seen brotherhood yeah yeah <laughs> i've read brotherhood <laughs> i've read the manga <laughs> but yeah um disney learned from the mistake of releasing things both late and also timed and from then on they've released everything pretty much simultaneously around the globe because of the sheer amount of rampant piracy and like i'm not one to shy away from this kind of stuff but on this occasion i absolutely just got so jaded with it I just didn't care oh I didn't care enough to uh, oh I'm sorry finish your point it's one of those I didn't care enough to pirate the show oh okay so it was one of them that I just let it wash over me other people enjoyed it cool people have made memes about it cool Um, and it was only when it actually came out in, in, on Disney Plus that I actually did watch it that's very interesting because you know my stance on piracy I don't 100% agree with it however there are certain elements that push people more towards it and I'm like yeah I understand it this was one of them yeah. I was more than yeah. content to wait for Mandalorian to come out in the UK officially. I was like, okay, when Disney Plus comes, I'll watch it. That's fine. It's going to be a few months yep. after the Yankee Doos, but that's fine. I'll watch it. And then it came out, and it was the first two episodes, and I'm like, all eight, Wrong answer, all, Disney. All, all eight are in the wild, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to keep paying for Disney Plus anyway for a couple, for at least a couple. Of, and you know, I've not actually stopped my Disney Plus sub since I started it, so I feel like I've more yep, than paid yep. back for. <laughs> what I've watched and I knew I was going to do that so I was like fuck them yeah I believe there's actually a like when it first came out there was a like a half price deal if you sign up at the beginning of Disney Plus when there's nothing on it you get Disney Plus for half price for the existence of Disney Plus oh yeah yeah it it was actually a bit different to that it was half price for a year so if you bought a year subscription at the the get go you got like instead of 72 quid it was like 36 okay which I I don't subscribe to if something has a monthly subscription I'm always going to take the monthly option because then i can just quit yeah totally <laughs> totally um well it, it's one of those if if the monthly is more than twice the price of the annual oh i've never seen anything that egregious it's always been like a couple of quid maybe a tenner like like ps plus it's like what like nine quid a month or 40 quid a year yeah but i can't be asked to spend 40 quid a year like, okay I, I know what i mean i know what i mean i know it sounds dumb when i voice it like that i don't think it is 40 quid for a year i think it's 60 i think it's meant to be 50 but you can very reliably get it for 40 maybe say so I, like it's a discussion I don't care for. <laughs> sure. <laughs> blah blah Disney Plus. Blah blah PlayStation. <laughs> But yeah, uh, we we start the show with episode one. Which, uh, quite rightly, is called The Mandalorian. Yeah, as as well it should be. And in this one, Mando himself says very little. Uh, he shows what, how much of a one-man army he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he teams up with an IG-11 despite having a cultural phobia of droids. And also a personal phobia of droids. I was going to say, I thought it was more PTSD than cultural in his case. It, it's a combination of both. It's, it's personal, but it's also supported by the culture. Like, the culture is fine but letting him just be a bit of an anti-droid racist you um, can't be racist against robots nah it's it's like being it's like being an android fanboy or an apple fanboy <laughs> oh jesus i hate that you said that it's accurate but i hate it <laughs> 
Because he's fine with starships, he's fine with guns, but he just don't like AI robots. I can't. I, to be honest with you, considering his flashbacks, don't blame him. Yeah, absolutely not. However, if it uh, wasn't we, for if it wasn't for droids, he would not be a Mandalorian. So no. <laughs> um, they go through the like town, laying waste to a bunch of shit. Um, is this the one where the IG Eleven just pulls up its chest and shows that it's got a self-destruct thing, just just to piss with him? It does. It's not just to piss with him. It's like, oh, we're pinned down. Uh, orders are to destroy myself if it means succeeding the mission. And Mandalorian has to tell him like five different times, stop doing that. We can make yeah. it out of this. I don't <laughs> yep. want to die. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's it's actually a kind of a problem in your AI design because uh, a fear of death is usually what helps prevent people from dying. Yeah, and if yeah you, if people you... will choose to live. It's all well and good creating a fearless killing machine, but that's no good if it has no sense of self-preservation because you're just going to lose resources constantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I just want to talk about something that happens really early on in the episode, which I like how they establish in Boba Fett the Mandalorian has one technique when negotiating with bounties. I can bring you in hot, or I can bring you in cold. And he says that to everyone. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and also you say you see his ship and he's got a bunch of carbonite stuff, so cold doesn't necessarily mean dead. No. It could just mean frozen in carbonite. <laughs> well, I mean, case in point, the very first mark he gets, he brings back to the ship warm and alive, and he goes, you can sit down, and he doesn't put him in carbonite until he starts fucking around with his ship. Yeah. <laughs> He's more than content to work with you. Like, he doesn't have to kill you. In fact, nine times out of ten, I assume he gets more money if you're alive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even in carbonite, you're still alive. It's just, you know, you have to go to the um... lengths of defreezing. Yeah. You have, to go to, you have to go to the trouble of defreezing, uh, or unless you're Jabba, you put them up on the wall as a bit of art deco. <laughs> Are you uh, something that's very interesting uh, with that is the only reason there was so much problem with freezing Han is because they didn't actually use a proper carbonite machine in Cloud City. It was a makeshift bullshit machine that they d- that just yeah. happened to work. It's one of the reasons why Boba Fett was a bit salty about it going through the process because if Han dies, he loses half his money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's like an, an industrial freeze dry plant, not a <clears throat> um, not a human preservation system. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, just a bit of a yeah. tangent. Seeing as we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a lot of people brought that up like when people started putting things in into the Old Republic where it was the bounty hunter has a carbonite thing and they could just spray someone and they'll be frozen and people complained about that and there wasn't this explanation until years later. Oh okay well, I wasn't aware of that. I never actually played the Old was it Old Republic you said? Yeah the, the Old Republic MMO. Yeah I never, I never touched as, that. Yeah if you play as the bounty hunter class normally the dark side option is kill person. The light side option is carbonite freeze. Damn. <laughs> but yeah at the very end of the episode after having a bit of a montage of the Mandalorian learning how to ride this weird fucking gross creature thing. Uh, he uh, he finds the child. Yeah. Which everybody at the time it. called Baby Yoda. Yeah. And those people <laughs> and need to, to be, be honest, shot. To be honest, most people still do. Like, it's... I, I Alright, listen, it could be forgiven back then, but he's been given a name, and it's not a difficult name to remember. Yeah, Greg Yoda. <laughs> fuck off. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny, but fuck you. <laughs> Greg Yoda. <laughs> I saw that there was the spoiler like mid-season two and I'm like oh yeah he's got a name now it's something like Greg and because uh, I'd, for- I'd, I'd, for- I'd forgotten the spoiler I just knew that it was it had a G and an R in it and uh, uh, but yeah how and, dare uh, you <laughs> I'm soiling the name of Greg Universe here as well so apologies there but yeah there was a Mexican standoff between uh, Mando the IG-11 and you know the quarry it wasn't really child. it wasn't technically a Mexican standoff because the uh, the droid didn't know Mando had a gun on him yeah, yeah, fair enough. The droid wanted to terminate the child. Um, Mando had the uh, instruction to bring it in alive. See, that's the thing that actually intrigues me about this, because that means there was two bounties on Grogu. Probably both from the Empire, and probably from different. Um, oh yeah, it would have. It would. Ladder. Yeah, it would have to be two different people within the organization. It is weird though, yeah. isn't it? Because in theory, they could still extract the goo they needed when it was dead. Not as much goo. Yeah. But some. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's pretty much what they were going for. Um, <clears throat> if you have a dead thing that you can clone, and you know. As we find out later, they can clone. Then um... do we? Oh wait, no, I'm crossing the streams. No, because all the all the dark troopers and shit are robots now, so they don't really clone yeah. anything. Yeah, I'm crossing the streams. I'm thinking of the end of um, end of Bad Bat, where they really re- revealed Mount 
Stantis, which is the, the super cloning facility. Yeah, that is a long time ago in relation to Boba. Uh, not Boba, Mando yes. even. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, same thing. It's like, um, <laughs> it's, it's like early days of Empire. We get like, what, like 22 years of Empire? Um, but yeah. <laughs> like the Bad Batch are probably all dead by the time Mandalorian happens. Maybe because, not, but probably. But, alright, they make a point of saying that all the clones except for Boba and Omega have had the uh, the enhanced growth Acceler- shit. Yeah, accelerated age. Considering it that. takes like, what is it, two years to make a clone into an adult male? Yeah. Like, it's they, they haven't got a long life expectancy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, even when we see Rex and shit again, it's in Rebels, which is still early days of the Empire. Yeah, totally, totally. Just saying. Um, but yeah, 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 totally. Absolutely. No problem. I apologize. <laughs> uh, what's the name of, uh, of the guy that teaches Mando how to ride the thing? I've actually forgotten. Quill. Yeah, he's, he's a cool character. It's a shame. Yeah, he is. He shows up quite a few times. Unfortunately, um, we see him one final time during this season. <laughs> yeah, we do. Eh, that sucked. Anyway, we'll get to that. Shall we move on to episode two? Yeah. Episode two is the one with the Jawas. There are lots of Jawas and Jawas are everywhere. It's called The Child. <laughs> yeah. So it's the one where... We realise Jawas okay. continue to be little shits. Yeah. They steal bits from Mando's ship and when he goes to assault them to get them back, he gets beaten back because the mobile fortress that they have is actually a mobile fortress. Dude, that's uh, a level just... in Lego Star Wars and it's fucking tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We actually get to see the first of the flashbacks of Mando's childhood when he's seeing the droid clone, the droid army laying waste to his hometown. Uh, we do get a bit more of the Mando culture here as well. Uh, that they've. Oops, sorry, my bad. That's actually, that's episode three. My bad. <laughs> yeah, um, when he tries to steal back the stuff, he he now has to go and slay a mudhorn, or at least sneak in and get its egg to parlay and trade for both forgiveness and his own ship parts back. Yeah, in fact, the only reason he even gets a parlay with the Jawas is again because of old man Quill, listen yeah. if this was back in the day it would have been played by Warwick Davis yeah <laughs> like, no lie he, he, actually, he actually looks like Warwick Davis as well a little bit I, I don't think so but I'll, I'll let with you with prosthetics yeah like he, he looks like the character that Warwick Davis plays in Harry Potter okay yeah yeah I get I get what you're saying yeah 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 if you put enough prosthetics on him you could definitely make Warwick look like this however I feel like yeah. the world that this dude played was probably a bit too physical for Warwick to do at his current age because like he's got dwarf He's fragile anyway. Yeah, yeah. True enough, true enough. Not to knock the dude, um, that's just a medical fact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the child flips the mud horn while it's, tried, while it's charging. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the child... Bear in mind, it's something we get revealed later on. The child has been trained how to use the Force to a certain degree. Yeah. He's just either blocked it out because trauma or forgotten. Or a combination of both. I mean, yeah, but I didn't like, think it was necessary to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or he's just actively choosing not to do it. Like, remembers everything, has it all there, and is choosing not to because he knows that that's what brought thing brought everything down around you which is kind of like the PTSD thing but also still having the abilities well it might also be a self-conscious thing as well he might have something in his brain that tells him that uh, or makes him believe that if he uses the force that might help the people who hunted him down the first time hunt him down again yeah people maybe hunted him down before can find him quickly more quickly if he just overtly uses his powers and it's kind of a weird thing where because it wasn't a super clean kill uh, Mando takes back his prize he still says that it's like the thing that he's done in the out in the wild and this is what he's done to earn things but he acknowledges that he's had help mm-hmm. and i think it's during is it during this episode where the armorer says about yeah the armorer talks to this isn't this episode this happens next episode yeah episode three yeah, yeah. this episode yeah, ends so... after he finally gets his ship back and he flies off back to yeah well the place he needs to go to get paid basically yeah and the job was just having handfuls of egg straight out of the egg i did like the mandalorian <laughs> fucking reaction when they immediately cracked it open and just started eating the horrible green goo it's just like oh whatever man I just want my shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> they didn't even cook the fucking thing no no there's too much of it <laughs> We don't have a big enough frying pan for that. However, they do have a big engine block to make engine block eggs. Jawas are just rats. <laughs> yeah. Which actually kind of makes it odd. Did you like it, by the way, in Book of Boba when the um, when the mechanic revealed that Jawas are incredibly furry? Yeah. <laughs> and then immediately get disturbed as you realise she's fucked one of those things. Yeah, she's uh, she's basically an aged marine who stays in one place. She'll have a go with anything. <laughs> a Jawa, though, they're basically sentient rats. At least they are sentient. Well, yeah, otherwise it'd be bestiality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she knows a bit of Jawa speak. A bit. She knows, she knows a. She them. knows a lot of Jawa speak. She's fluent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, episode three. Episode three. You want the title? Oh, yeah, yeah. We have got the sin, which actually sin. makes perfect sense considering you could see the sin as uh, either side of the coin, depending on how you look at it. The sin is either giving the child over to the Empire in the first 
place or going back on his contract and oath and taking the child back afterward, after the fact. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, he takes the child back to the client, but uh-oh, it's the Imperial Remnant. We get to see the flashback of the Clone the Clone Wars droid army laying waste to the hometown, like I said before, but for the wrong fucking episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, we meet the armorer. Mm-hmm. We get to see that some of the other Mandalorians in the in the convent, uh, is that what they call it? The, the convert? The covert? Either uh, it doesn't the, matter. Just get on with it. <laughs> in, the, in the Mandalorian proper noun, um, just don't approve of taking Imperial Beskar, but it's just regular Beskar that's been minted by Imperials and after they stole it. Just, just to clarify how much of a bounty Grogu was worth, they managed to make... Mandalorian gets an entire suit of Beskar, yeah. which is a massive fucking upgrade. Yeah. Um, doesn't he not get the shin pads for this this one? I was under the impression that he got everything. I don't think he had his pauldron completed because he couldn't decide on a sigil because that's when they had the discussion about the mudhorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, he wants a jetpack after seeing other Mandos use one. <laughs> he also wants the... Um, oh, I think this might be later on, but he, it's... No, I... Oh, the little tweet... He gets the little Tweety Bird rockets. Yeah, he does, but there's something else later on which someone fires off and Mando's like, gotta get me one of those. Maybe it's part of the jetpack. I could have sworn... I think it is just the jetpack. I could have sworn there was a weapon. Oh well, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I think it, I think it is just the jetpack and potentially the way that Boba Fett has a rocket on his jetpack. Yeah, which he but does it, not he fuck just around like, with. He just he just um yeah he leans he, he targets with his little head thing goes cool and then he just leans forward and just fires it off. <laughs> and I love how he's like oh fuck I missed but he still hit the other thing so it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> now I've got to reload that with a reload of like I've only got one of these. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um the rest of the Beskar is given to the children and as we now learn this is the way. Yes. But my god I got really sick of these memes really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean a lot of the time when they're trying to incorporate some kind of arc words into something sometimes it sticks like may the force be with you. Sometimes it gets a little bit trying like may the force be with you after 1980. Uh, and... <laughs> listen I'll tell you why this is the way it got on my fucking nerves because Was it around the was it Uganda Knuckles? No no. That, that means being dead for <laughs> centuries. Um, No the this got on my fucking nerves because it wasn't too long after Game of Thrones ended and their version of it was it is known which means we just transitioned from the same meme but different version and it fucked me off fair enough I wasn't I wasn't around for the it is known epidemic so it is known Khaleesi <laughs> man the only Khaleesi thing I remember is let me fit for you Khaleesi <laughs> oh fuck off <laughs> Man, the only thing, the only, uh, I get a, a twisted sense of joy knowing the amount of children whose lives have been ruined because their parents really liked Game of Thrones, so they called their daughters Khaleesi. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, cool, you're going to have a fucking terrible childhood, and you're, you don't deserve it, but you deserve to hate your parents. Yeah. Don't name your kids after nerd shit. Bad. Especially after ones, especially after murderers. Don't, okay, <laughs> don't name your, ner- your kids after nerd shit, but if you do, at least make sure the nerd shit is finished before you name them after the nerd shit. Yeah, yeah. It's okay to call your kid Ben if it's named after Ben Kenobi. It's okay to name your kid Anakin if they named their kid Anakin between the years of 1977 and 85. <laughs> yeah. I think I might get the dates a bit messed up there. I can't remember when Jedi came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, any, any before Empire, basically. Well, even Empire would have been okay because it's like, I like Darth Vader. He's cool. Well, true. <laughs> no, the, uh, basically, if you named your kid Anakin after 2001, after Kid Anakin, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. No offense to <laughs> that kid's acting ability but it wasn't a compelling yeah. character child Anakin again it nothing the, to do with the actor entirely the yes. writer George yeah it's, it's not the acting it's not the actor it's the writing and the direction and yeah <laughs> oh, apparently that kid got bullied to shit in school and that sucks oh jeez yeah. mind you it's yeah. the same with Newt as well the, the, the story is that that little girl got fucking bullied to shit as well Aww. from uh, Aliens Oh, yeah sucks man kids are like, fucking dicks what do you want yeah so episode 4 we get to meet Cara June and yes. enjoy her while you can because she's been fired now. <laughs> For good reason. We'll get on that in a second. This episode is called Sanctuary and interestingly, it's only one of two episodes that doesn't have a fucking the before it. Yeah, uh, episode four and eight yeah. have no the, have no definite article. Now, correct uh, me if I'm wrong, Rick, mm-hmm. but in this episode, the main threat is either an AT-AT or an AT-ST, right? Yeah, it's an AT-ST. It's, it's a bunch of raiders and Mando's like, just raiders, just kill them. <laughs> and then they reveal that, it ha- that they have an AT-ST and that's actually, you know, in a low-powered campaign, as it were, it's actually a threat. Yeah, except I take umbrage with the fact that Cara Dune specifically, the character, not the actress, said, and I quote, oh, it's not easy to take those
goes down. When, I, all right, I'll admit, it's Luke, so he's got a bit of something extra going with him. But he managed to take down ATSTs and ATATs all the time with nothing but a really small land speeder and a bit of rope. Yeah. <laughs> Your shit! Like, even the ATST, like, if you have a lightsaber, you just take it to its leg and it falls over. But, but yeah, you don't need that. You just need someone with a bit of bollocks, which you got Cara Dune and you got Jinjar in, and a speeder and some rope, and boom, problem fucking solved. Or a really good aim, and you just toss a grenade through the open eye hole, which is literally just physically open. Yeah, but the force, though. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. But yeah, seriously, if we want to linger on Cara Dune a little bit, or more so the actress and the real life stuff, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I have very little sympathy for the actress. I usually yeah. have a bit of sympathy because people who hold certain views are usually either misinformed or ignorant, which it's a teachable moment. And every single account I've heard, she was given every single chance that Disney could have possibly given. Now, bear in mind, her co-star, the main actor of The Mandalorian, has, I can't remember if it's a sister or brother, forgive me on that front, who is trans. Mm. Which is a bit of extra salt in the wound. And, and again, this could be hearsay, I don't have any articles off the top of my head, but I vaguely recall reading something where Pedro Pascal had multiple conversations with her in an attempt to educate and she just yeah. either refused to listen, didn't care, or held her own beliefs too firmly. Which, everyone's entitled to their beliefs, but I think everyone can agree, hateful beliefs, there's no room for it. No. And, and the worst thing is when they're not even your own. It's just someone else's you're just parroting and as, as a way to try and belong to a secret club of uh, like super enlightened super geniuses, in their opinion. Aye. And again, icing on the, on the cake is, again, by all accounts, she was told several times by Top Brass, we don't care that you think this, but you've got to stop posting it on Twitter while, yeah. while you're yeah. under contract anyway because it doesn't look good for us as the company yeah uh, oh little bit little tidbit Cara Dune is now back in Star Wars oh in a very small way oh if you buy the DLC for the Lego Star Wars Skywalker saga you get the entire Mando cast including a Lego Cara Dune I don't like the fact that Lego games have DLC now well it's not really it's, it's like a it's a pre-order DLC and you can only get it by pre-ordering so, I don't think so you it's, can buy it as DLC afterwards so it's a pre-order bonus yeah and basically Basically, it's going to do what every pre-order bonus is, and in about six months' time, they're going to charge a fiver for it. Yeah. Okay, I don't mind that so much, but, like, oh, I'd love to play fucking Lego Mandalorian. Man, yeah, that would be way better, wouldn't it? Each each episode could be a level. That's how you do yeah. it. Fucking sorted. Yeah. Fucking book it. That idea's free, Lego and Disney. Yeah, they might have to wait till it's done before they make it, because they get sick of having to interpret a Lego thing that's, like, half-made, and then people hold off on buying it because they know there's going to be more stuff that they're going to definitely finish. Do so. Well, they can do the first three series because I don't care what anyone says much like how Bad Batch is season 7 or 8 I forget of Clone Wars Book of Boba is season 3 of Mandalorian fucking is and all <laughs> um, but um, yeah just fucking do do that do a three part fucking thing and add more as you go by the way they have announced uh, I should, might as well talk about this now we're talking about Star Wars things there's two new uh, you know those busts I make out of Lego yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they've got they've announced two new kits one of them I'm interested in one of them eh. uh, one of them relevant to today they're doing a mm -hmm. Mandalorian helmet kit okay Okay. Which I'm not interested in. I've already done Boba's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and didn't you see there was the... Um, yeah, there's the there's the knockoff one yeah. as well. There was a bootleg one that was literally just the Boba one, but in grey. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, is just what the Mandalorian helmet's going to be. Yeah. Fun fact, with the Boba Fett helmet, they do have a slightly different coloured bit of Lego in a hole just to represent the dent. Oh, the bonk where he gets shot by Cad Bane. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I am generally interested in, although granted I don't really have space for any more Lego kits fully built, uh, they've sure. announced Luke Skywalker's Wed helmet okay. as, a, as a bust and I'm like that looks cool if I have space for it I would definitely invest yeah 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 one of the other good ones that um, is, is available as kind of like a semi bust is the infinity gauntlet yeah I've got that, that, that yeah it makes a really good showpiece it's it's like, really cool there's a there's a lot of art there's a surprising amount of articulation in the fingers oh sweet not quite enough <laughs> to make it into a fist but it's still uh, it's still pretty good like fine I'll do it myself kind of thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I shit uh, you not when I built that I nearly had a breakdown oh it's the only Lego kit I've built where I followed the... I always follow the instructions, obviously. I'm not a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a part when I was putting the thumb on, because, again, it comes in sub-assemblies, and then you assemble it all together at the end, more or less. And I don't know why it was fucking up, so I was just like, eh, it's not going... It goes on, but now there's not enough room for the index finger. And for half an hour, I was clutching my head, and I was getting angry, and that, and that doesn't... Ha Lego is fun. Yeah, yeah. There was a moment where I, I was like, I could just smash this. <laughs> but then I would have lost so much... Much time and effort, but that's the point where I got into, and I was like, "No, fuck it." I took apart that thumb, and 
I built it again mm. from scratch. I don't know what I did wrong the first time. It's impossible to pinpoint. But I must have done something wrong because as soon as I reassembled it following the instructions again and it just went on perfectly and it was fine. But yeah, there was a half hour of my life where I was just inexplainably angry over Lego. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes the <laughs> oblique um, instructions don't actually give you a good enough way to say how this is attached. Like Sometimes you, you even have to like build a scaffolding to get something on there so that when it attaches to the next thing that goes on top, it actually has some support. And then once it's assembled, it's like got its own structural integrity so you can get rid of the scaffolding. I'll be, I'll be real with you. Nah, it's not the issue with these bust kit things. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, honest, <laughs> I Honestly, I just must have misplaced a single piece somewhere, but I couldn't tell you where or how. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's our Lego story. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the planet is colonists versus raiders uh, and, you know, 180 ST. It's a mostly uncharted farm world. Mando takes off his helmet, but the camera points away whenever he does. Um, Pedro Pascal wasn't actually present for this episode. He was only there for voices, like which, you know, you can do over Zoom or whatever. So every single time he appears in costume, it's one of his body doubles. And one of the... Another little fun fact, one of the body doubles is John Wayne's grandson. What, the cowboy actor? Yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't call him that. The Reston legend. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, don't come at me. Um, he decides to leave the child with a colonist, and then he decides not to. <laughs> well, this is the this is actually a very interesting episode because it's the closest we see up until this point, anyway. And I'd, I'd argue in the series where he legitimately thinks about just abandoning the cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abandoning his religion, cult. And, like, yeah, it is like uh, abandoning the cult, the cult-like religion, and um, it's a cult. Just, uh, like yeah. every I other mean, Mandalorian who's not part of this cult says it's a cult. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're they're extremists. <laughs> Like they're extreme extremist purist um conservation well not not conservationists like super conservative to like super old ways that are super outdated. But it's not super old ways that are super outdated. They happen to be on the moon or some shit when Mandalore got attacked and destroyed proper fucked up and they were like, you see, they took their helmets off. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but th- they were on the moon because they were doing um they were already nuts. <laughs> but that's why they were on the moon, because they were already like they were, drinking were, the Kool-Aid. Were they wailing? <laughs> they were wailing on the moon <laughs> shall we crack on yeah let's shall episode, episode five, 5 is an interesting episode because I can't rightly remember it off the top of my head it's called the gunslinger sure so we meet Pelly for the first time the the mechanic who bangs all the uh, all the aliens yeah uh, we meet Fennec Shand oh yeah I remember it now <laughs> And there's a rookie bounty hunter called Toro. He's out to track down Fennec Shand. Um, Mando needs whatever work he can get, yeah. so he agrees to help Toro on this. At the moment, he's currently outlawed from the bounty hunter guild, right? Yeah, yeah, because uh, Grief Kager is uh, being a bit of a shit. He's he's currently in heel territory right now. I mean, the only reason he helps this young bounty hunter is like, okay, I'm having half the bounty because I can't claim it myself. That's literally the only reason he works with the fucker. Yep, yep. And we get a great reference to Revenge of the Sith. Um, rem- remind me. They're uh, they're being shot at by Fennec all the way in the distance, and he's like, "Oh man, we can probably get there." And it's like sh- she has the high ground. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and when they're racing on the on the speeder bikes, um, one of them edges of, edges ahead, and then the other edges ahead, <laughs> and they just get into this really like childish dick measuring contest of who's slightly faster on the same two jet bikes. Yeah, but at the same time, when you're getting shot at by master bounty hunter slash dead eye uh, Fennec Shand. You're gonna want to be quick. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> like, bear no, in this is like I know it was. This is before that. This is when they were just like heading out into the into the waste to find her. Okay, fair enough. Then I honestly, this episode, apart from the ending of the episode, is a bit fuzzy. But uh, again, just to remind you of Fennec Shan's skill, we didn't know this at the time because it wasn't out yet. But <laughs> she, all right, Cad Bane was older, and she had the element of the surprise. Regardless, she managed to succeed against Cad Bane, and that's not an easy feat. Yeah, like living against Cad Bane is not an easy feat. If he wants, like, and, and he was pissed. <laughs> yeah, he he was very much angry. <laughs> if he didn't, if he wanted to, if he could, he could probably take Fennec. However, yeah. in his prime, in his prime, I'd very much want to see that contest because in a, it depends on the contest. Because Cad Bane is an all-round excellent bounty hunter, but he's especially deadly deadly when it comes to gunslinging. But uh, oh, it all depends, doesn't it? Really, how you cut the cake. Yeah, yeah. If Fennec um, is entrenched enough, I think she could take him. Maybe. I also don't think Fennec has any allies. At this point, no. And Cad Bane at least has his droid, so he 
can get his ship flown on his behalf, so he he has the benefit of his material being on his side. Uh, Cad Bane has the experience. I'm just saying, if if Fennec was entrenched enough, both in Prime, she might mm-hmm. be able to take it. But in any other scenario, if we're talking Prime, Cad Bane wins. But again, this was a slightly older Cad Bane, possibly slightly more cautious, especially considering he's ambushed out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I, and he's, uh, he's he's got to split his focus between the actual thing that he's trying to do and now a new person that he has to fight off. Yeah, man. Like, again, it's not to knock Fennec here. It's still impressive as fuck. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you get they finally do uh, catch up with Fennec Shand, tie her up. Uh, she says to Toro on his own, yeah, if you let me go, we can team up against the Mando and you can turn him in for the bounty that's on him uh, and get all the glory for that and that'll get you into the guild. He goes, okay, you're right. However, you just want me to untie you so you can run the fuck away again and then he shoots her yeah and he shoots her in a really dumb as or and or cruel way depending on how you look at it because he gives her a gut yeah. shot yeah he gives her a gut shot and then leaves her to die yeah, that's fucked yeah um and then he goes to take on mando on his own thinking that he can take him and that ends about as well as you'd expect this um, th- that, just to, to reiterate this guy ain't shit he would not have been able to take fennec let alone uh, let alone mando and i it's really odd as well because mando is is savvy enough to actually see this betrayal come yeah. <laughs> like, this guy is a glory seeking piece of shit. Of course he's going to try and take me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a shame that, like, we, we know later on, and well, at the end of the episode, I think they hint at it that Fennec survives. But, uh, you know, it's a shame that she is offered as a bit of a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Well, a sacrificial lion, I'd say. Like, she's a, a strong, powerful character that's just thrown away for a single episode. But thankfully, it gets fixed at the end of the episode. Yeah. Like, the stinger is literally a hooded figure just stepping up to her and offering a hand or whatever and at the time you could possibly work it out who it might possibly be I don't think I don't think anyone would have guessed this at the time apart from like really fucking out there conspiracy theorists who who like there's this he, his gate is in this way he uses this hand and it's slightly scarred even though you can't fucking see because it's dark yeah chuck a hundred darts you'll, you'll hit one target eventually yeah that's the type <laughs> of person who'll guess this yeah uh, but yeah as, as we know later that was Boba Fett coming to heal her up um uh, not in the most elegant way. He gives us some cybernetic bits. Hey, to be fair, because... he didn't have a lot to work with. No, he didn't. And I'll be he honest had... with you, if he didn't have something to gain, I'm not even entirely convinced he would have helped her. Well, we get the neutered Boba Fett for uh, for his own series, really, don't we? That we get the one that Disney wants to make into a marketable uh, anti-hero daimyo rather than a cold-blooded killer. Yeah, except my again, my point here is that despite that, I think the only reason why he didn't just ignore her because he 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 had that at that point. He was alone. He'd lost his tribe. He didn't really care for people. Yeah. Except he recognised who Fennec Shand was because he's not an idiot. He's a former bounty hunter. And he's like, I need my ship and I need my armour. I don't really have a lot apart from this fucking, I forget the official name, but this stick. Um, Yeah. It's called Gaffy Stick, but it's really easy to say Gaddafi Stick. For you, maybe. Um, I have this Gaffy (laughs) Stick, which is great, but it's not going to help me when it comes to infiltrating a, well, a highly uh, fortified fortress. Fennec Shand is a fucking great bounty hunter. With some new toys. She can help. That's it. All right. Fen- Fennec's yeah. other option is well. Fennec immediately thinks you're going to claim the bounty on me. It's like I, I could, but don't want to. I spent probably I probably spent half of that making sure you don't die. I don't think he did. Uh, the, no. the the coin purse he handed over was very light. It was enough for some top notch um, modifications, though. I'm under the impression that um, that that dude does that shit for fun. Yeah, maybe so. It, the only reason he didn't immediately jump at it is he was technically busy. Yeah, <laughs> he's 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 working on someone else who's an actual paying customer and then he pops up as a customer paying slightly more with someone who's actually dying and uh okay here you go a challenge man speaking of that by the way i have no idea why he was there for the stinger for cab uh cob vamp what's his name cob vamp is that right yeah cob vamp he's in the um he got he got the gut shot or the shoulder shot or whatever uh, he was shot in the... he was shot in the shoulder and he's in the back to tank why the fuck does he need the mechanical dude there for that just in case he uh he got shot harder than they thought what a load of like bollocks <laughs> But yeah, um, episode six. Okay, this is my favourite episode of season one. Mm. The Prisoner. Yeah. This episode, hands down, has the most high-profile guests I've seen in an episode of Mandalorian. As actors, not characters in-universe. That comes later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got Bill Burr. Got Bill Burr. We've got Lex Luthor. Got his name. He doesn't... Yeah, I don't know either. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. I'm sorry, dude. You're a really good voice actor, and I love you, but I've forgotten your fucking name. Yeah, the only one I remember from that is Bill Burr, because I wasn't familiar with the other 
other ones work. Okay, well, I've, there's three that I'm familiar with. Bill Burr, who yeah. notoriously rips the shit out of Star Wars all the fucking time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, from a certain point of view, rightfully so, because it is a bit fucking stupid when you look at it critically. And and also, my God, I didn't expect that character development in Season 2, but we'll get there when we talk about Season 2. We've got Lex Luthor slash Mr. Krabs. I've forgotten your name. I'm sorry. <laughs> is he Mr. Krabs? Yeah, he's Mr. Krabs. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, f- <laughs> fill, fill, fill the air, fill the air. Yes, yeah, we got um, the actual characters that they play are a a crazy psycho Twilight girl, um, a big old Deveronian male. That's the guy I'm uh, thinking. Bilber. Clancy Brown, Clancy Brown. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, we got Bill Burr as a triple wielding gunslinger, and they all hire Mando to break out a fourth person from this prison barge, a space prison. And the reason they seek out Mando is because his ship is so old, it's pre-Empire, so it's it doesn't appear on Imperial registries or Republic registries because the only thing it would re- appear on is Old Republic and that's been gone for, for like two generations of government. Yeah. Uh, I'm just scrolling down to make sure this was Tom Clancy but I'm 95% sure. Yeah, he, he played Berg in The Mandalorian. Who's the yeah. that big beefy <laughs> motherfucker. Um, the other guy is, I, again, I don't know the actor's name, I'm not going to pretend I do, but he played Bobby in Sons of Anarchy. He's the big dude okay. with the long hair who actually hires Mandalorian in the first place. He owns the spaceship place. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's a fucking great episode and it's filled with tension because from the get-go you kind of know Mandalorian's going to get screwed over you just don't know who's going to do it and then it turns out to be everybody yeah it turns out to be everybody I think Bill Burr's the only one that like isn't out there to specifically screw him well uh, case in in point when the screwing happens and the Mandalorian fucking corners Bill Burr's character he just screams no (laughs) this wasn't meant to happen (laughs) yeah the um, the Twi'lek brother which is the one they're trying to break out of prison has been put there by the Mandalorian himself yep as a previous bounty I assume and um, the brother and the sister want revenge on him and that's why they want to break him out and then trap him on the station and kill him there (laughs) yes Plans and, that revolve uh, around vengeance rarely work out well. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a droid as well. It's Richard Ayoade. Oh yeah, he's, he's the voice for the frog in season two because yeah, Mandalorian well, yeah, yeah. keeps it as a trophy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the uh, the droid realizes that there's some there might be something on the ship, so he uh, he. Oh yeah, there's the sub fucking tense plot of the robot hunting for Grogu. Yeah, throughout all the little air vents in the ship, finally finds him. Goes, oh, this is worth something dead. I'm going to make it dead, and then he gets shot in the back of the head. Wait, hang on a second. They already. Knew Grogu existed because they, they, they joke with Mandalorian saying what is that a pet yeah yeah but uh, I think the uh, the droid has got like an internet connection and can just go oh yeah this one actually is worth something maybe so maybe so it's been a while yeah and yeah they, they Mando keeps the droid just as you say uh, it gets hacked by the frog lady and it becomes uh, her translation voice as she just like hacks into it and just types a bunch of shit and then you get Richard Ayoade just bollocking Mando <laughs> for not being good enough as a, as a Mandalorian <laughs> yeah man yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bill Burr survives, which is good because you know it'd be a bit shit if he died and then he showed up in season two anyway. <laughs> okay, man, listen. Someone pointed this out a while ago, but it still fucking hurts. They managed to do a better stormtrooper redemption arc with Bill Burr in two episodes of Mandalorian than they managed to do with John Boyega's character in the entire new trilogy. They didn't touch John Boyega's character after basically introducing him, which is the problem. Like he did a Shaggy Dog story, not doing nothing thing in the second film, and then the third film. Like, even fucking remember what he did. I feel so bad because that guy's so talented. Yeah. And they gave him... Uh, same with Daisy Ridley. Well, I say that. I've not seen her in anything else, but I've seen Boyega in other things. Mostly his voice work on Watership Down, not gonna lie. But, um... Okay. The guy has range. He can act. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure like, Daisy Ridley can also act, but for some reason they directed her to be as wooden as possible. Yeah. Boyega is the main character in the sequel to Pacific Rim. I haven't seen and... any Pacific Rim film. I know, I love kaijus, but mechs, not so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He basically carries the human side of that film, so, you know, as you should as a main character, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, god damn, yeah. I'm just getting Godzilla flashbacks, the fucking first new one they did, where the fucking <laughs> trailers were filled with Brian Cranston being Brian Cranston. It's like, oh, this is going to be epic, and he dies in ten minutes. Oh, oh, shit. And instead we got Generic Soldier Man as our main human fucking character, and it's like, cool, great, this sucks. Yeah. 
And also, we barely got to see the kaijus fucking fight because they kept cutting away. Oh, God, the critics were right to slam that film. And then with fucking King of Monsters, where we get all the fighting. Now there's too many kaijus. Well, That's the point! Okay. Yeah, <sighs> that is kind of the point. It's like if you have a Power Rangers film and it's all Zords. <laughs> all Zords versus Monsters. Like, I'm, I'm all for that shit. Yay. Yeah, little, I want to see, see at least one good transformation scene of civvies oh, into totally. Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um, how Power Rangers like go. It. Problem. Let's fight them as humans. Oh, they're kicking her ass. Morphin time. Oh, yeah, we beat the fucking putties. Oh, no, boss monster. Oh, no, boss monster's big. Zord time. Megazord transformation. Zords aren't enough. Kicked its ass. Ah, another fun day in Sunnyvale. And you forget the last bit where they resolve the B-plot. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, the B plot. Yeah, the B plots. You, you sandwich the B plot by you start the show with the B plot and you finish the show with the B plot. It just resolves itself in between when the Power Rangers are doing the Power Rangers shit. To be fair, I don't blame them for that with Mighty Morphin because they had to use all of the Japanese footage for the actual Sentai and Zord shit. Yeah, they have so... limited amounts of actual Sentai footage. Yeah, which again, I've, yeah. I, I I don't think it ever made it to air. Oh yeah, it did. We did do Mighty Morphin, an episode of it where there's this weird transition where <laughs> oh, what a great Mandalorian episode <laughs> they uh they're having their fucking i forget the city's name townsville whatever it um uh, angel grove angel grove in angel grove they're hanging out at the fucking very american setting either the juice bar or the mall and then it's like oh no power rangers so and so is being attacked and then for some reason when they're fighting in their power ranger uniforms they're clearly on a fucking dockyard in tokyo <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah apparently angel grove is by the sea in tokyo <laughs> Like, for real, man, the amount of fight scenes that happen on a Tokyo dockyard, because that's all the budget could afford. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, we got distracted. Shall we move on? Yeah, episode seven and eight. Yeah, episode seven is called The Reckoning, and we'll, we'll d tackle these as one, because they are pretty much the same episode. So we've got The Reckoning and Redemption, and they introduce actual fucking big-time plot in these two episodes. Yeah, uh, episode seven has Quill rebuilding the head of the IG-11, and is now a nanny droid with assassination protocols. Yeah. <laughs> it's now where we also get properly introduced to Moff Gideon. He's got masses and masses more stormies than anyone expected, and even some death troopers. Um, Grief Karga gets his face turn after the child heals him from some like gunshot wound or whatever. Uh, it's the and... uh, it's the either it's a gunshot wound wound as an accidental fire, or it's straight up just from the pterodactyl weird creatures that attack the group. Which you know, sure, it, it is the funniest scene where Yoda, uh, not Baby Yoda, fuck, I'm doing it now. Uh, Grogu is healing him and all he does is goes don't eat me because he thinks it's eating him for some reason yeah 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 and uh, every time it's revealed that there's more stormtroopers than they thought including Kara a fuck off machine gun later on if i recall yeah yeah Kara just snarks at him again and again and he's like there were four of them you say and there's more there were four of them you say it's just it's just i i feel like feloni is uh, an internet nerd and he might have he might have watched uh, team four stars dragon ball z abridged of two androids do I, do I hear five? <laughs> it's such a great joke. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there yeah. is a fun little breakdown in between episodes where Grogu is momentarily captured by a pair of stormtroopers, and as they pass the time, they're shooting at a pair of cans they set up, and in typical stormtrooper fashion, they keep missing by miles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beginning of the next episode, isn't it? It is, and if I remember rightly, I think one of the stormtroopers is Filoni. It might be. The last one is directed by Taika Waititi. Okay, have you heard the fun story about what he did on set? What did he do? Pretty much every time he behind the camera he was just cradling the baby Yoda um, stand-in oh, model yeah. he, he just had a child hadn't he he just had a baby and he was like missing the baby it, it was partly that and partly in his own words I kept looking at it and it looked like it needed a cuddle oh <laughs> I fucking love Taika Retit. I like him in front of the camera and I like him behind it he always does a bang up job yeah and uh, when he is both it's not over facing like as we see with uh, Korg and Meek well Korg but Meek is part of his own comedy duo in that in, uh, in Thor 3. Which I've never actually seen the entirety of that film, but fuck me if I've seen all the Korg moments. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey men, we just can't, can't hijack this big chip. Wanna come? <laughs> if you really like Ty I've, I've got um, Jojo's Rabbit on my to-watch list, so I haven't seen that yet, but I want to. But uh, if you really want to see his comedy chops, watch What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've God, he is list, so yeah. fucking funny in that. That, that entire yeah. film is hilarious, but him in particular, a uh, fucking mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah. But getting back to those two stormtroopers, they punch the child. In the they most radio. heinous act of villainy in a Star Wars fucking thing ever. Yeah, they are radioing back 
to base to ask if they can come back to town yet and they're told no you'll have to wait longer because Gideon's just killed another one of his own men and he's ostensibly the one who's dealing with people who are meant to be coming back and, and forth but the absolute cherry on top is that these are the two that have just killed Quill yep so all of this stupidity and uh, like refuge in absurdity is just it's just white eating through and through. <laughs> a little bit however I don't it's think like, he, I don't think he was in charge of the script so no 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 he's um, it's, it's just black comedy you know but but yeah um, sorry I was silent and I realised this is also an audio podcast I was nodding as he said that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next thing I've got written down is action 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 uh, <laughs> and then the IG-11 doubles down on being an anti-droid by taking the child for a jet bike joyride shielding it from sustained blaster fire with its own body and um, finally in the closing scene um uh, oh no, yeah, he does do the, um, he, he like wades into lava, doesn't he? And then activates his self-destruct. I don't think it's lava, but it might be. Or like molten metal or something. Like molten metal or lava. Yeah, lava don't make sense on Tatooine. Nah, just well, to, to be honest, neither, ne- neither much does molten metal, but you know, we know they've got like forges and stuff they can make. I, f- so. I honestly thought it was just water. I think it was red, so I assume it was like meant to be it's, something. Uh, listen, I, ha- I didn't do a rewatch just for the sake of this episode, no. but I, I could have sworn it was just really dirty water. I thought they went out through like a sewer passage yeah it might have just been kool-aid as far as i'm concerned but yeah it's uh, <laughs> we do get them he, he, he wades out before that though we do get the because uh, this is before they make their escape where Jin is quite badly wounded and um, oh yes the ig droid goes uh i need you to move your helmet in order to treat you and it's like i can't it's against my religion blah 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 and he just goes i am not a living organism yeah yeah because <laughs> the uh, the actual wording is no living be no living being can see you without your helmet on mm. and then we get the face reveal and oh shock horror it's Pedro Pascal and um, he, yeah, he, he just looks like a normal guy <laughs> to, to the credit of the makeup department he does look surprisingly like someone who hasn't let the sun hit his skin for years yeah yeah absolutely like he's not this um, perfectly manicured perfectly pedicured super perfect plucked eyebrows oh yeah he perfect. looks fucking rough and let me tell you I've seen Pedro Pascal in Game of Thrones he is an attractive man <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> and yet they do a good job of roughing him the fuck up it for this yeah 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 yeah. and also think, doesn't he grow a mustache for season two he has a mustache in game of thrones so okay fair uh, he enough. might i don't know i don't pay attention to facial hair <laughs> yeah i don't i don't pay attention to top lips when they when they <laughs> revealed that pedro pascal was going to be the mandalorian i instantly went yes because he is hands down my favorite actor from game of thrones partially because he played my favorite character even if they nerfed him a little bit but whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fuck i <laughs> it's a bit unrelated and sorry for people in the audio version i got that tattoo because i like the fucking uh, Red Viper so much. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's a treat yeah, for the YouTube watchers only, I guess. Sorry, guys. Yeah, and if you're an audio watcher, then by all means, check out the YouTube to see the cool tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll just flood the Facebook page with pictures of my tattoos so people can stop being confused. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the closing scenes of this is after Gideon is driven off, including, you know, two sticky bombs on his TIE fighter, he cuts himself out of the cockpit with the dark saber. This scene had me flipping my shit because the first thing I was I, I don't keep up to date with the comics so the last time mm-hmm. I saw that thing it was fucking Darth Maul's. Yeah. And I was just like I, first the first thing I was is that what I think it is? And then that oh, that final shot of him out of the TIE fighter with it just lit by his side. I'm like that has to be the dark saber. How the yeah, fuck does yeah. he have it? Yeah. Yeah. Because as far as we as viewers are concerned this guy this OC guy is a bit of a nobody. Like he's shown to be in in control of his faction of basically paramilitary terrorists because you know they're uh, they're the imperial remnant they're not the official government they're trying to get their own bit of like um power back in the galaxy well hang on one second uh, we do know one thing about him because he's the person who actually gives us Jin Jaren's name yeah he does and that little he, nugget um... of information is uh, the mandalorian goes there's only one way he can know that and he has to have been an official on mandalore at some point with the book of yeah, records so he was the one in, he was the one in charge of Mandalore when it was uh, besieged. Mm-hmm. We get the second um, flashback, which is when Jaren, as a child, is being attacked, essentially, by a um, super a battle super droid. Battle yeah. droid. I, f- 
fucking okay. By the way, I hate it, but I love that they're called that. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the regular. Well, I think the official term is like a B two battle droid, but fuck it. When I played uh, Star <laughs> Wars Battlefront two, yeah, it was a super battle droid, <laughs> and it was a uh, it was the it was the equivalent of the uh, clone commando. Yeah. However, fucking hated its wrist fucking thing, so I had much better luck as just a regular fucking battle droid. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, a bit yeah. of a sidetrack. Um, I realise. My apologies. Yeah. The the reason that he became a Mandalorian at all is because a Mandalorian shot that thing in the back, saw the kid, and went, it. "Cool, you're mine now." Yeah. And just like jet jet packed him off into the into the sunset. <laughs> To be fair, probably a better fate than nine tenths of the people on his planet. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Gideon has dirt on everybody in the. I think it's the pub, isn't it? It's something. It's a very not well entrenched area at all. Yeah, they're all just like hanging out in a pub and trying to uh, trying to fight back from there. And that's, I believe, it's also where the bartender droid that was voiced by Mark Hamill was. I didn't even know that was a thing, but fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Hamill has cameos in Mandalorian, and it says bar. It says the bartender droid. <laughs> Yeah, it's unfortunately overshadowed by much better and bigger cameos down the line. Yep. <laughs> but we'll get to that when we get to season two. Yep. And 2.5. <laughs> oh, it's free. Fuck off. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm very eager to see what they do with the actual season three of Mandalorian. What with what's happened with Boba Fett. Yeah. How can you totally, not totally. have Bo- Book of Boba be Mandalorian season three, considering the mini arc that the Mando went through? There was an entire episode where Boba Fett didn't even show up because it yeah, just totally. focused on Mando. And like he shows up at the end of the second one, and just basically as a non-speaking part. I really, again, <laughs> I fucking loved the book of Boba Fett as a show, but fuck, was it all just fan service rather than substance? Yeah, there was too much flashback. Like, I understand why they. I don't. No, to no, no, no. It. I don't have issues with the flashback. I have issues with the plot was weak. I would rather have had one more episode on climax stuff. Let the climax stuff go slower and more tense than the amount of time that they spent in the flashbacks. They could skip over a lot of time in the flashbacks by showing like montages of uh, of things rather than showing them as in detail as they did, I, in my opinion. I think perhaps the flashbacks suffered from a bit of artsy-fartsy shit where... I get you, the, yeah. The, the placement was... It was thematic for the episodes, I suppose, but it probably would have served better having the first episode be Boba Fett's taken over for, for Jabba, setting up some... Sh- basically setting up all the shit that's going to occur in that, um, you know, this person has umbrage this person has umbrage this group has lots of umbrage but we don't know they're there yet speak with the mayor this that confrontation with the twins and then yeah. at the end of the episode he goes into the back to tank episode two is all flashback and then mm-hmm. episode three we're done with flashbacks yeah yeah it's one of those where we also get the f- the mini flashback of kid boba watching Django fly away in the slave one which ended up meaning nothing yeah they, they just showed it like six times I didn't under- <laughs> I got genuinely excited when I saw that I went we're gonna see some Django stuff Oh, no, yeah. we're not. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck was the point of that? Artsy-fartsy. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. As a bit it's of an aside, wait, wait. completely unrelated, but funny tangent. I, uh... Oh, shit. No, I shouldn't say that because it was spoiled non-stop. Never mind. <laughs> yep, yep. No worries. No worries. <laughs> Apologies for people listening. Sorry to tease you. Didn't mean it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's about good good enough to wrap up on here. Is there any other characters that you wanted to talk about? Uh... No. I think... I think I've, I, I just want to sum it up very quickly with this. Season 1 of Mandalorian had more famous people having cameos as fun Star Wars stuff because I think they didn't have faith in the Mandalorian carrying itself. Season 2 dialed back on the celebrity cameos however did a lot more fun stuff with introducing old characters we know and love and I think it was the perfect mix of that as opposed to Boba Fett which felt like all that. Yeah, yeah I feel you. And it, yeah, I feel you. It's probably going to be a point I hammer home when we eventually talk about Season 2 and Book of Boba but for now I'm pretty happy to put a pin in it. Yeah, yeah. So let's get to our final three. Yay! <laughs> From the entire first season, do you have a favourite moment? Favourite moment is I mean, it's got to be it's, it's got to be Moff Gideon cutting himself out of his TIE fighter with the Darksaber. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was such an, it was such a fucking cock tease for lack of a more elegant phrase and I don't think any moment has come closer since of having me go, why does he have that? How? I want to know more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, uh, the season two finale kind of steps on their toe, that toes a bit but you know yeah however retroactively it was kind of ruined by what they did in Book of Boba but we'll get there when we get there yeah 
So I'm going to fire the question back. Of course I am. Rick, favourite moment? I think it was the first time that Mando got, was just stepped out in his full Beskar armour. Like, getting to see that, like, in its full polished glory. Yeah, I feel after you. seeing him in, like, brown, shitty, rusty shit <laughs> until now. I think the only, the only thing that he had Beskar before that was his helmet, right? I believe so. His helmet's always been shiny. That's a sentence. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Can we polish your helmet, Master? No! <laughs> Uh, Alright, listen, I wouldn't say no to Karadun or Fennec Shand, but they'd probably say no to me, because look at me. But, uh, you know. <laughs> but we can't always talk about the good, they have to talk about the bad sometimes. Do you have a weakest link? Long pause, sorry, my brain did it. Do-do-do-do. Um, I've already touched on it, really, but I feel like Disney didn't have faith in Mandalorian Season 1. I feel like they thought it was yeah. going to be a very quick throwaway. It's like, Star Wars fans will go nuts for a little bit, but they won't really care. So, let's let them play with it a little bit. We'll invest a little bit of time trying to get outside attention on it draw in non-Star sure. Wars fans and just we'll get we'll make we, we need to basically we still need to make money back on Star Wars and we ain't done it yet let's pump something out quick uh, Filoni, Favreau here you go do this Yeah. I feel like yeah, if yeah. they were given more assurances that they'd be allowed to continue the story they might have been able to do a bit more of an interesting thing with season one that being said I got no real complaints it was pretty good yeah sure sure uh, I should probably fling, fling it back at you then weakest link buddy my weakest link is another th- something else we've also touched on during this the fact that we had it delayed by so damn long <laughs> yeah disney fucking dropped the ball on that one yeah it's uh it wasn't a very good move for well i'm biased i live in the country that's been affected by this sure i live in the market that's been affected by this sure i think it was pretty much the same across all of europe as well that like having it rolled out so late across europe just was a massive disservice to the series it it, it really sucked it really sucked now again they didn't have the infrastructure is the excuse they used and that's a believable excuse it's the first time they were setting up a streaming service across multiple language barriers in the terms of Europe yeah. in the terms in terms of Europe even oh fuck it I fucked it ever more don't worry um, but yeah I just I just think it was unforgivable the audacity of them to then release it as if it was being released brand new there and then when we already knew all the episodes were available and a lot of us yeah, were content to wait until Disney Plus dropped so we could watch it via the official means but then they, they yeah. fucked with us for no real reason yeah they fucked that as well bastards but uh... <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> and here we get to the final one. Do you have an MVP? Uh, Jin Jaren himself, because, wow. It, it has to be, really. As much as I like Cara Dune and Fennec Shand, they're, they're not instrumental. You could replace them with XYZ, Mercenary, or Bounty Hunter. Wouldn't be as interesting, but you could, so. Unless it was Mara Jade. She's a Jedi. She's not really a Mercenary or Bounty Hunter. Not yet. Okay, to be fair, I'm not as big of a uh, of a nerd. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm not that mean. I'm not as big of a nerd when it comes to Star Wars that my only exposure to Mara Jade is when she's a Jedi and banging Luke so yeah uh, forgive me on that one but yeah that could that, I'll be honest with you I would have popped I would have I would have popped even though that I'd be like why isn't she banging Luke but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but yeah it has to be good old Jin Jaren like from the moment one I was hooked and like it, it helps that I have a soft spot for Pedro Pascal <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah I'll fling it back oh actually I tell a lie. It's not Jin Jaren. It's Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm sorry. You spoiled mine then now. <laughs> I mean, it has to be Dave Filoni because I just realised I don't have to say an on-screen character. So yeah, it has to be Filoni. Yeah, totally. That man, since Clone Wars, has single-handedly been fighting to save Star Wars. And with Clone Wars, he he struck a blow. He got Mando with Jon Favreau, which I'm sorry, he's not getting my MVP, but he needs a shout-out just the same. Yeah, totally, totally. The pair of them are killing it in the best yeah. possible way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And without you then asking me, yeah, Mine, mine was going to be Filoni. I'm happy for yours to say stay as Din Djarin within the story, but yeah, it's Filoni. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll split it down the middle. We'll say Jin Djarin and Dave Filoni are joint MVPs for the pair of us, because yep, I think yep. that's fair. And special shout out to Favreau, who, again, yep. I think I said this back when Mandalorian first finished, but, um, you know, whenever that dude wants to do a passion project because he wants to and he's interested in the, in the source material, fucking let him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. As long as the funding is there, and it's Disney, the funding is is there then yeah it's just printing money that dude has not let disney down once not to my knowledge no so you know i think that's probably a good place to leave it yeah yeah <clears throat> before we actually go very briefly <coughs> round of applause for mr favreau floney and uh jarin Sorry for the audio listeners. I realise that might not be great to sound uh, to hear. But... <laughs> hey ho, diddly do. 
So, if you liked the episode, if you're on YouTube, you you've got the comment section down below. If you're not on YouTube, you're one of the one one of the many audio platforms. You can send us an email. Where would you send that email? NonsenseReviewUK at gmail.com. Once again, that is the not not knee fuck. Once again, that is NonsenseReviewUK at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. It's going to be a goodbye from me, and it's going to be a goodbye from me.